I'm Melissa Lee, and this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Brian Kelly, Pete Nigerian, Steve Grasso, and Bono and Eisen. Tonight on Fast, ready for liftoff. Could Boeing's embattled 737 MAX jet be getting closer to getting back in the air? The surprising report from one European regulator. Plus, shares of CAT clawing their way towards record highs. What's behind this rise, and how much further can they go from here? We'll get some answers. And at 6 p.m., a special edition of the Fast Five. We are counting down the biggest stories of the week from bank earnings to stimulus and bringing you the trades. We start off tonight with a big blowout for retail. Sales growing more than twice as fast as expected in September. This despite some big headwinds for the consumer. Continued layoffs, economic uncertainty, the lack of additional stimulus from Congress. So can this consumer remain resilient? Pete, throw anything at the consumer. Seems like he or she will continue to spend. It does seem that way. It's, it's amazing, Mel. And by the way, nice to see you. I got to tell you something. I think when you really break it down, it's about a couple of different things. Stimulus still is the possibility that's out there. And I think by, by the time we get it, either to or just after the elections, I think we'll start to see a little bit more stimulus if we don't see it any sooner than that. That'll help. But anybody who's got e-commerce exposure and they've got it in, on the positive side, like Target, like Walmart, like Home Depot, Lowe's, so many others, if they've got that, they've got the digital side. Right now, retail is doing very, very well. If they don't, then many of those are definitely struggling. I don't know how many of those will survive. You've got to have the e-commerce arm if you want to compete in this environment. Well, definitely. I mean, curbside pickup, it just doesn't cut it for the long run. But who is, who is spending, yeah. C. Grasso, in terms of, of this consumer that seems so resilient? Because the last stimulus check, the enhanced unemployment check, went out at the end of July. It's been a long time. Yeah, but just think about it. People's savings rate has went through the roof since March. Think of everything you're not doing. You're not renting a hotel room. You're not jumping on a plane. So there's a combination of things. People are still waiting for the next round of stimulus, but they're still cash rich. Think about that, though. Just think about how unemployment has recovered quicker than we thought it would recover. Cash balances higher than we thought they would be. So what shocked the market the most is what Pete just said, the retail, the apparel side of the market. People thought it was going to be dead and buried forever. But people invested in their digital markets and their mm -hmm. online markets. So for them, you, you know the way I'm playing it, Capri Holdings. Mm -hmm. Then throw another one in there, PVH. All of these companies guided much lower because they thought the second round of COVID was going to be much worse. The hospitalization rates are better. Death rates are better. So we have a bunch of tailwinds where people didn't expect it to come from. I guess previously people were apt to spend on experiences, and that's not possible anymore, BK. They're, yes. they're going to spend on, on sweaters like Grosso has apparently uh, for this evening. He's got a new sweater on. Um, so if that is the backdrop, Brian Kelly, then what sort of retailers do you like? I, just first of all, I, I, people don't know, but I can't see Grasso. I just wish I could see that sweater <laughs> that you're talking about. The, the I, I look the best I've ever looked. Going crazy. <laughs> um, so, so what's interesting about retail sales is, you know, a lot of people might say, okay, this was kind of just people stocking up on stuff. And you might say, oh, well, auto sales were up and people had to buy cars because they're moving to the suburbs. They don't want to take public transportation. But even ex-autos, things were quite good, right? So now the question is, is that as good as it gets for retail sales? And I think for some parts of the economy, that's probably true. I agree with Pete and, and Grasso that, yeah, if you have e-commerce, you have curbside, that's going to do well, even if the virus gets worse 
because I don't think we're going to have the type of lo full-scale lockdown shutdown that we had before. I still think we're going to have another wave of virus, uh, but I just don't think the the uh, the U.S. is has the uh, has the wherewithal to go through another lockdown. So you want to look at Target, you want to look at Walmart, those type of names, especially especially if we get stimulus after the election. Is there a difference, though, um, Bonawin, in terms of what people spend, where they spend it from now until Christmas? There are, by the way, for all you procrastinators, 69 shopping days left <laughs> until Christmas. So just mark that down in your calendars. <laughs> get that list ready because you, you, you can't get a deadline extension on this. Um, so, you know, prior it was the Home Depots, the Lowe's, the Walmarts, the Targets for the stocking up trade and for the home improvement trade, Bonawin. But do you shift gears and go to where people are, are buying their presents? Uh, well, thank you for reminding people about the holiday season. I'm sure my family will be happy to hear all about that. Um, so I, I think it's a mix, right? So like you are going to continue to see spinning in, you know, the Williams Sonomas, the Home Depots, the Targets, because particularly with Target and Walmart, there's just so many goods and services that you can pick up there. But in terms of like a bifurcation of what people are spending money on, you alluded to it in terms of speaking about experiences, but I'll carry that over into services versus goods. And whether it's autos or whether it's sweaters or um, crock pots or, or, or home, home improvement goods, what you're seeing is people spending money on physical things. And to me, that's slightly different than services because services, you spend them and you're going to have to spend that money again to kind of reenact that experience. For these more durable goods, I think there is a spending here because mm. you've seen an increase in savings rate, as, as Grasso alluded to. But I think these are more one-off items as opposed to a full repetitive type of expenditure. That's true. I mean, you go to Williams-Sonoma, Brian Kelly, and you buy a a cast iron Dutch oven, let's say. There's only so many that you're going to have in your kitchen cabinet. I mean, there are only so many of one type of thing that you're going to stock up on. I think I try to limit my Dutch ovens to just one at, at all times. So I would agree. I mean, that, that is, that's the issue is it's, um, it's, it's, is it is this as good as it gets, right? Did we stock up on all that stuff? Did we buy that car? And then are we going to just hunker down? Yeah, savings rate are up. So we know there's some cash there, but that's the unknown here. And then the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, as much as I, I said you look at Walmart, you look at Target, let's take the bear side of it. Do you want to buy Target at all-time highs or near the high, not all-time highs, near the highs here uh, with, with the potential that we have some kind of a slowdown the other, the other side of the year? I mean, I think maybe you take 30% of your position off the table here. Well, if you're trying to get your holiday shopping done early, looking for the perfect portfolio stocking stuffers, the Chartmaster's got two buys and two sells heading into this holiday season. Carter Braxton Worth, take it away. Well, what I thought we'd look at is the concept of strength to embrace versus strength to fade. Let's, stalk, let's start with the latter. So two charts. The first is Bed Bath & Beyond. Now, you see I've drawn on the low. This stock has moved from 3.5 to 25. That's impressive. But the real question is, is anything changed? This is a stock that peaked at $80 in 2015, which is to say the weakness of the pandemic was just accentuating what has been an ongoing problem. And this huge move, 3 to 25, uh, breaking above that downtrend, is now uh, what I would call overdone, and it's strength to fade. I would short. Now take a look at the second example. This is um, LB, right, L Brands. It's the same exact chart. Meaning this stock, in this instance, went from 98 to 8. 
that's a 95% decline, same as uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. And it's now jumped from 8 to 34. Uh, strength that's overdone, strength to fade, in something that's nothing to do with the pandemic. The weakness preceded the pandemic. Just to make that point, look at the third chart. It's a comparative chart of those two stocks. They look like railroad tracks. They are virtually identical. So huge moves, bounces, recoveries that are a bit too hot in stocks that in principle are impaired are in longer term downtrends. By contradistinction, take a look at the final chart. Uh, and BK, you just referenced these two uh, stocks exactly. This is a comparative chart of Target and Walmart. So the concept Target, Walmart, strong over the past eight, 10 months. So too has been Bed Bath & Beyond and LB. But one is a dead cat bounce type thing in my mind. The other is a perpetuating of what is a strong business getting stronger. Target and Walmart on the long side, LB and Bed Bath & Beyond on the short. Carter, how do the Home Depots and Lowe's of the world look? Well, those go in the latter category, right? These are uh, businesses that are good and their charts are good or the reciprocal. A good chart is a good business. Momentum is growth. Growth is a good chart, et cetera, and so forth. All right. Carter, thank you. We'll see you in OA, Options Action. Carter Braxtonworth at Cornerstone Macro. Okay. Pete Nigerian, which charts do you like? Do you agree yeah. with the chart master on these four? I, well, I agree with him on a couple of those. I think Target still has plenty of room to the upside. And the reason that I think so, Mel, is it's no longer about just the essentials. This is exactly what Brian Cornell was outlining. He said, look, when they go to the rest of the store, that's when we're starting to really get into the margin area of our business. And so that's true, I think, of Walmart as well. Both of them have great e-commerce. The one difference where I'd, I'd push back on Carter a little bit is when you look at Bed Bath Beyond, you look at Mark Triton and what he's done since he's gotten there. He's only been there a year, Mel. He completely changed the C-suite. He changed everything about how their business model works. It's not about discounts anymore. It's about digital and how they're going to grow in the digital side of things, which they grew 89% year over year when you look at this last quarter. So I think they've done a lot of things right, and I think they've, they've changed, they've morphed into something different. And this is a 30-year veteran. This is a guy who was at Timberland. He was at Nike. He was at Target. So he understands the process. And I don't think this is it for Bed Bath & Beyond. I think there's plenty of more upside. Take a look at the cash flow last quarter. I mean, it's extraordinary, $750 million. This is a company that I think has made a huge run, obviously, but I think there's a lot more fuel in the tank for this stock to go higher. I mean, simplifying the business and getting it back to basics, sort of, and selling off the, the non-core assets, maybe going back to the Bed Bath and dropping the Beyond part of the business uh, seems to be a good thing. But, Pete, you're a trader, and so with this run, wouldn't you be apt to, as Carter said, fade this bounce, and even if you are a believer for the long run, believe that there's another entry point? Well, I, I'm sure you could sit back on the, uh, and wait for something like that, Mel, but you might be waiting for a long time. I'm not really sure. Quite honestly, all we've seen from the option standpoint, the derivatives world, we have seen call buyers since the stock was in the 14s all the way up to these levels where it is right now and continue to buy higher strikes. So I'll continue to roll along with them. Full disclosure, I own calls right now in Bed Bath Beyond for that reason. I think there's more upside. Grasso. Yeah, Bed Bath & Beyond has a 57% short interest. So all things being equal, when you look at the RSI, RSI above 70, a relative strength index above 70 indicates overbought. This one's at 85. Yes, it should be overbought, but with a short interest of 57%, a lot of people have to cover quickly in order for that run to be over. I don't think it's over yet. I'm in agreement with Pete as well. 
I'll throw in another name on top of Target, Costco. Jeffries just raised, raised their price target from $321 all the way up to $435. Last sale, $380. That one you could probably make a, a couple percentage points to the upside. And I'm being facetious, a couple meaning 10 to 20% more to the upside. Wow. Uh, Bonowin, you get the last word in retail. Yeah, so I'll just add a quick anecdote about Bed Bath & Beyond, right? So, like, I will say, yes, the short interest has been between 50 and 60%. I think some of that call buying is also people at least being able to define their risk and covering some of the shorts via options. Nike's a company that I'm looking at in terms of their international exposure. We've talked about a blue, a blue wave, blue sweep, and what that might mean for taxes. I think looking at international sales and having higher gross margin business might be something that you want to look at there. All right, coming up, fasten your seatbelts. Boeing 737 MAX getting a thumbs up from one European regulator. Could it be in the air by year end? And how about the skies here at home? We'll discuss that next. And later, analysts getting bullish on one industrial stock. The name pouncing higher today on the call. We'll reveal the name when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out shares of Boeing flying higher today after a European regulator said grounded 737 MAX planes could soon be ready to fly. This comes even though Boeing has yet to add the software upgrade the agency has called for. Boeing up nearly 2% today on the news. Brian Kelly, is this something that tempts you? No, it does not. Boeing, the stock and getting on that plane itself doesn't tempt me. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when it was only three months before this thing was going to fly again. So uh, for me, Boeing is, is just an absolute no touch. People are canceling orders. It's going to be a long time before you get international travel again. And I don't think this plane ever flies again. The defense side, maybe there's something to it, but, but it's old type of defense. The new defense is cyber. So I don't even want to come close to it. I mean, it's got not just the 737 MAX problem, Pete, but it's got the problem that, that air travel might not come back. I mean, UAL CEO said 2024 until a return to normalcy. That's a long ways off. I think that would be the biggest concern, Mel, because I like what we're hearing. This news is, is obviously solid news for Boeing, and I think that's why we saw a little bit of that reaction today. But I think the reality is exactly what you just said. When will they be able to start up with with the airlines actually coming back, commercial airlines coming back to any kind of the levels that we had, we've known in the past, 2019. And that seems like that's pretty far out, and that's being told to us by the people right directly in the industry. So under those uh, circumstances, I don't know that I'd say it's a no-touch, but, uh, but I think it's something where you better be trading this thing and not in there for the long haul, because you could get burned pretty bad if we get any more bad news down the pipeline of anything going on with Boeing. So right now, I haven't touched it in quite a long time. It's probably been two years since I've been in Boeing, and I'm not really sure when I'm going to be courageous enough to get right back in there. Yeah, you with the guys, Bonowin, on this one? Yeah, they both make good points. Um, you know, I will say there's not a lot of meat on the bone there, but I, what, what I will say is that... Um, at 167, you saw the stock pop from 165. Just looking at the price action of the stock, 2% for news that you expect to be headline grabbing seems, seems like a pittance to me. I, I, I don't buy into here. Oh, so bad price it. action there. Yeah, it's Grasso. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to buck the trend here. This stock has huh. been, I, I agree with uh, most of what has been said, but if you look at the price action, what, what's the old saying, Pete? The longer the base, the higher in space, God love her. Just look at this yeah. thing. It's been playing around <laughs> yeah. with the same $30 in the stock since June. So if it were something that was tragic to me where it has been tragic in the past, 
you would have seen the stock still collapsing. You have a declining 200-day moving average. Technically, it crosses over that to the upside. It's going to screen as a bullish signal. I'd be a buyer of it once it breaks out a little bit further from here. But two things are decaying here. There's option guys on the desk tonight. Two things we're heading towards, a vaccine and the recertification. Those things are getting closer every day. Whether or not they come in the next month, two months, or three months, they're getting closer. I think you have time to buy Boeing, but the fact that it's flattened out here, Melissa, this thing yeah. looks ripe to me to bounce back to about 200. It has held in there since about midsummer, Pete, and, and Grasso makes some good points. What would you say back to him since you're one of those option guys he was referring to? Yeah, you know, the one thing that I would be interested in here, Steve, uh, and, and everybody, uh, is the idea of using that implied volatility that is higher, Mel. I mean, we talk about the VIX all the time. I brought this up earlier in the day. We talk about the VIX all the time, and yeah, it's in the 26, 27 range now, but that doesn't mean that implied volatilities aren't still extremely high in many names across all of the different NASDAQ and the S&P and the Dow and everything else, including names like Boeing, where you've got implied volatility that gives you plenty of room. So owning the stock and maybe selling some calls that are just out mm -hmm. of the money does make some sense to me. It's, a, it's something I do all the time already, and Boeing could be a candidate for something like that. But again, I would not be married to that position if it goes against me like an OA preview here. Uh, coming up, analysts upgrading this industrial <laughs> stock to overweight, getting real positive on the name. That's a hint. That's next. And later on Options Action, we're snapping back into earnings season, getting ready for the social stock to report this one. Snap. Fast Money's back right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Investors pouncing on shares of CAT today after a bullish call from Wells Fargo. Analysts upgrading the stock to an overweight, raising their price target to $220 from $160. They are expecting earnings to substantially improve in the beginning of the year. And I think what, what this call is mostly predicated, at least uh, from what I saw, Grasso, was calling a rebound, a recovery, basically, in some key markets like oil and gas, as well as North American construction, which make up more than 50 percent of revenues uh, last year. What, what do you think of this call? Yeah, I like the call, and this is the reopening trade, and this is the bounce-back trade, and this is the rotation from growth into value. We've touched on a handful of reasons and then some of why you should be a seller of tech and why you should be a seller of growth going into year-end. I think you're going to get the opportunity to buy all these names. And by the way, shameless plug, OLN, WRK, and TSE, those are three of my names. OLN is up 42% in 10 days. WRK, up 27% in 10 days. Trinseo, TSE, up 25% in 10 days. Caterpillar fits right in with those. I'd still be a buyer of value. I'd continue to buy all of them. Are you sticking with those three names that you mentioned that had these uh, massive runs in 10 days? I, I think all three of those names are going to double and triple from here. Yes, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I think that the value of these names are exponentially higher now, just now, the trades are actually starting to work, but the fundamentals are in place. I'm sticking with all of them. I'm along just as much as I was before. Both Pete and BK looked incredulous when Grasso said that he believes those three stocks are going to be doubles or triples. Still, maybe it's still the sweater. Maybe it's still the sweater. I wish they could see this sweater. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it is something to behold. Um, Pete, what would you say to Grasso? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm impressed that, that Steve thinks that some of the names can double. That's really awesome. I got to look at those a little bit more closely. I think going back to Caterpillar for just a moment, when you've got improving margins and you've got great cash flows and it seems like everything that they've done 
in terms of what, what Caterpillar is doing behind the scenes and what we are seeing in far, as far as some of the economy. And Mel, you mentioned it. I mean, the, the, what we're going to be seeing in the U.S. with 50% of the revenue coming from a lot of the different areas where Caterpillar live, lives right now, it makes a lot of sense to me that there is upside. Even though it seems like the P.E. level feels a little bit rich, I think there is plenty of room still to the upside. So I agree with the analyst, and I think there is some room to the upside. I don't know how much room there is, mm. but, you know, a 30 multiple seems to me like that would get awfully high and make me want to start to jump. But right now it's trading around a 22. Bono, and last word on CAT. Yeah, it's an interesting call. Essentially what it's saying is that the stock tends to be the leading indicator before we see um, fundamentals pull through on, eco on um, economic rebounds. And so oil and gas and construction, I think we've seen a bottoming there. You're, it's giving you a chance. I like this call much more than I do energy or some of the other spaces that have underperformed. All right. It's that time. Time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Steve Grasso. So, Chewy, this is one that it took me a while to get on board. It's had an incredible run, but I agree with Jeffries. Jeffries up their price target from 59 to 100. I actually bought it. New position. Bought it today. I think it goes much higher. Bono and Eisen. XHB, I'm not getting off the train yet. All right, Pete Najarian. I'm going to go with a local company, Mel. I know that shocks you, but Vista Outdoors. I think there's a lot more upside to come. BK. Uh, I mean, besides trying to get a sweater like Grasso's, I'm going to be looking at a couple of other things. So in this environment, I mean, I got to see this thing. I'm picturing V-neck with a fur collar. I mean, Close. besides that, anyway, I think you look further out into the future and you buy space, S-P-C-E. That way Woo! you don't have to worry about this pandemic. By the time that thing gets going, there's going to be no COVID. All right, don't forget, there's a bonus hour of fast at six. Meantime, Options Action is up next.